Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Influential You podcast. I'm Josh D'Amigo, program faculty member for Influential You and your host for this weekly podcast. Today, we're joined by Elza Malik, the founder and chair of Blue Monarch Group. She has been celebrated as an executive and global marketing innovator, and she brings a unique lens to brands from her own experiences in entrepreneurship, data science, and psychology-based marketing. She comes to us from the greater Chicago area in Illinois, and I invite you to send in messages, click that like or subscribe button, and join me in welcoming Elza Malik. Now, Elza, you and I, I believe, have a pretty funny introduction story, and I kind of want to hear your version of how it went, but how did you find out about Influential You? Um, well, first off, thanks for having me on the podcast, Josh. I really um, enjoy talking to you as always. I, If I remember correctly, we met while I was actually out of the country. I was in Dubai at the time, potentially, and we had kind of talked about everything from life to what I'm doing in Dubai to um, how I'm achieving my goals. And it was a, it, it was kind of a hodgepodge conversation, which, which is common for us, I think, but that, that, that whole holistic view is what I really appreciated about our conversation. I love that. And I, I love it because it was like two performers just having fun, throwing things at the wall, seeing what stuck. But we somehow connected on LinkedIn, and I don't remember if it was my friend Adder or your friend Adder, or if we had just found each other through mutual friends. But I remember this one sentence that I said that it was—it scared me to death. And I don't even know if I've told you that it scared me to death when I said it. You said I can't meet next week because I'll be in Dubai, and my response was, "Oh, do they not have computers in Dubai?" To which you started laughing, and I think that was when our friendship really, really took off. Do you remember that part of the story? I do, because I I, had, I was gone for a decent amount of time out there, and I and and I, I'm now much more familiar with the time zone difference and how to navigate through it. But at the time, I'm like, I think I think we're on the same day. We may one of us may be asleep during that time. <laughs> that might have worked out. Um, but yeah, that I do remember that. And it worked out perfectly because it's about a 12-hour time difference, which was helpful to have the World Cup in Qatar so that I could figure out some of the times in those kind of areas. But tell me a little bit about Blue Monarch Group and, and what you specialize in, because I, I think it'd be valuable for our listeners to just know a little bit of your background and who you are. Yeah, so I um, founded and, and run BMG, and it's a psychology-based communications firm that takes behavioral science and psychology research into the commercial realm and to, to shift behavior and change mindsets. Um, one of the reasons I actually ended up joining Influential You was because you had that psychology lens that I, I really appealed to because it was from a science perspective um, coaching model versus a, a general one. Yeah. And a little bit more just about you because you're not necessarily like when people think founder, when they think CEO, when they think, you know, person in charge, generally they're, you know, maybe looking up a little bit, but you are kind of a special, you are, are you Gen Z? Are you like right on the cusp of, of kind of that millennial Gen Z thing and you're running your own business. And I think that's really impressive for, for you to be able to do what you do as young as you do it. I think I'm actually smack dab in the middle, um, if I if I recall correctly on on the on the cutoff. But 
it, I, this is kind of funny enough. It's about to be my 10 year anniversary of when I actually bought BMG as, as the, the domain. And I, I, I struggled with what I wanted to do with it and how I wanted to change it from a, from a data science perspective. And, you know, about five years ago when I officially made the transition, it was, it was not what BMG is today. It continues to evolve and scale depending on where gaps in, in the commercial space are. Um, it'll, I think we'll always be in that psychology space, but it's it's more perspective and, and kind of getting an idea of how do we actually help organizations shift that um, from, from a non-confirmation bias standpoint and, and actually make an impact. That's it blows my mind because sometimes I have to remind people when I'm working with clients, they'll say, well, I'm 26. Nobody cares what I think. And I have to say something back to them like, well, you know that people are running countries at 26 and it really puts things into perspective. So I just want to say as a, a young professional to another young professional, thank you for holding the torch. We're all looking up to you. Great work. Now tell us a little bit about your world and where you were at before you started studying with us at Influential Youth. So my world before Influential You, um, and I had told you a little bit about, I wanted 2023 to be my evolve year. I, um, our, our organization is growing and I wanted to make sure I had control over where we're going. And it was an intentional and purposeful space. But I realized that personally, I, 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 had, uh, I didn't have a balance um, of, of personal and professional life. And I knew that was actually hindering my professional life um, because I was so stressed and, and focused on how do I make one part of my life better, I started to neglect the other parts. Um, so, you know, when we had that conversation around how do I build better overall fitness to achieve all the conditions of life versus just the one area um, and how you know, you feed one part of water and, and that, that, that plant grows, but you've got to kind of feed the others as well. Otherwise they'll die off. And, and that's really what I was looking for in order for that evolve year to truly occur um, and prepare myself to say, this is going to be a challenging year. So I need to, I need to build the discipline and the practice to get through it. And I remember in, you know, it's, people have different areas that we really focus on and in the fundamentals of transaction we're going to focus on health mind and body activity what i do with my mind and body money or a tool that measures the value of your work and career the identity of help you are in the marketplace now i know of those four you know career is one that's really natural for you in the sense of you know you work in marketing so you're you're pretty good at, at some of those things if i'm if i'm not if I'm wrong, you can stop me and let me know. But really, it really was the health aspect. And I'd love to hear about how did your mind shift when it came to health? Was there any big things that you learned in, in that arena? Um, so I health was always a big one, um, both uh, mental and emotional and just kind of reining in on how I manage my relationships with um, those outside of my professional life. And that was a really big component of it. And I have this tendency to go down rabbit holes. In fact, I have a sign here saying, we're all quite a little mad here. So you'll fit right in because Alice in Wonderland is very thematic for, for my personality. Uh, but let me just go down this rabbit hole and, and have fun with it. But the problem is when you get up, um, you realize you kind of missed out on a lot. 
And, and that was really where the priority alignment was important. As when we went through our metrics and that was something I was held accountable for. And, and I, I had even taken your advice around having an accountability buddy to sit with me and say, hey, what do you, what do you care about? And what are you, what are you um, going to risk and, and lose and, or face certain consequences by not meeting those goals? Because I had always tend to put the intellectual side or the career side first and, and therefore neglected the other parts of my life. Um, so personally, I think from a health perspective, when I did that assessment, it really said, well, if I feed this other plant, I'm going to do better on the other one. So when I decide to go down another rabbit hole of inquiry, I actually have the stamina to, to see it through. And you're a lifelong learner and someone that digs into content. Unlike many people I've met, you're incredibly thoughtful when it comes to that. So was there something about maybe the, the mental aspect of what you were going to put yourself through in the program that was enticing when it came to the side of health? Was there like more of a cerebral um, excitement that you had when it was learning about health from our perspective? I think the, the area that um, I really appreciated was that you measured all equally. So in order for you, and now I'm in maps, so we're doing leaderboards, but like you measured everything equally and everybody, everybody shared where they were at. So there's one, there's one week that you may not do so well. There's another week that you kind of killed it, et cetera. And, and, and showing that as a collective to say, you know, we're all part of this cohort together brought that performer side of me and, and also the, the competitive side of me out, which is what I really loved about it. It made it in a sense that I could, I felt the camaraderie, but I also felt the sense that I had, I had the opportunity to say, Hey, Tracy, I've got a question for you. How did you do that? Um, and, and kind of pick and point and, and hear some of the other stories in our, in our team meetings. Yeah. And I'll, I'll end with this question on the first stage. I'd love to hear about all of the different responsibilities that go on from being running a business like your size and all of the things that you have to do over the day, because that's a lot to juggle. And I'd love to hear how you were faring before the program and, and how you felt you were doing before you started studying with us. So before I started studying with you, it was much more around my, my professional life is very organized because I have commitments and, and responsibilities to others. And, and the, the inventor performer side says, you know, my, my personal brand is really important to me. So I have to show up when I have to, and I have to perform appropriately. Um, where the study came in helpful is those tricks on how do you weave in the other conditions of life throughout your day. Josh, you had actually shown me your calendar and what you're doing when I saw you in Los Angeles. And I basically stole that idea and I elzified it to something that works for me um, from it because I, um, I remember specifically through studies two through four or five, I was kind of struggling. I was testing a couple things and none of them really worked for me because um, I get bored easily on if something feels too rudimentary or like, I'll just do that tomorrow. I'll make up for it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, that aspect and then slowly making tweaks. So that way it's always, it's always a little bit interesting for me because um, the, the moment I kind of feel like I have the hang of it, then I get bored. Whereas if I continue to challenge myself by either upping the amount or, 
or having my own personal leaderboard or something different. I've, I've gamified it and I figured out the mental tricks that work for me without kind of making it dull. Yeah. And that I, that's just in case you're hearing my voice and you also want to take me to breakfast in Malibu. I'm a yes to breakfast in Malibu if you're coming in from another state, probably if you're even here in, in Ventura. <laughs> Elza, we're going to get back to your metrics. And I, I, will, I, I hope you have them memorized and know what you scored during Fundamentals of Transaction. <laughs> when we come back from this quick break, I'm going to ask you about what you learned during the Fundamentals of Transaction. But for the rest of you, if you are seeking more autonomy, more authority, a bigger paycheck, or more respect, this is a problem that you need to focus on today. The Influential You podcast is brought to you each week by Influential You's self-guided program, Thrive. The Thrive program allows ambitious adults to develop competitive professional skills to advance their personal goals and business objectives. When you join Thrive, you gain access to our proprietary tools and resources that are only available to our Thrive subscribers. You can get a better ROI than your MBA and join us for the Influential You Thrive program. In fact, we believe in it so much that we're willing to give you 30 days absolutely free to try out Thrive for yourself. So stop listening right now and click on your keyboard or put it in your phone and go get Thrive right now for free. Go to influentialu.global and you'll be able to see all of the offerings that we have. The code in order to get this free month is 30 days. That's 30-D-A-Y-S. And the link is in the show notes. You can cancel at any time. Now back to the interview. Now, Elza, I am excited about this because I don't even know what your numbers were, but I feel pretty good that they were probably pretty good. Do you remember your metric numbers from the fundamentals of transaction and how you did? Um, I don't, but I do remember I had scored over a hundred on the health, which was the biggest area that I wanted to focus Good. on. Um, I think I had done just a little bit over on the other two as well, on the other three as well. But the the health one was the the area that I wanted to focus on, and it came. And I still actually use that that metric. I just have extended it for 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 the um, other parts, so that that model works well for me. And it's on it's on my other whiteboard for <laughs> for my personal use. And what did that result in? Like, tell me a little bit about what your health feels like now, as opposed to when you started. So um, for me, it's much more around feeling balanced and, yeah. and, and feeling that when I get up every morning, I have that, that excitement to say, all right, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I've kickstarted the day as opposed to going straight into work mode and, and, and giving myself that mental break. Um, whether that be through meditation or physical fitness or what have you, because um, I, I do play around with what modes I, I've decided on, um, or even down to I'm going to have uh, a mental break through just journaling. That that really gives me that sense of purpose and has centered my days, so they they feel more well rounded. And at the end, I don't feel like I've you know I've neglected one part of my life for the sake of the other. Yeah, good. Well. I love to hear that. It makes me so happy. Congratulations. Keep going. Now, tell us a little bit about what you learned during your Fundamentals of Transaction program. And I'm, I'm seeing here even the, the topic episode of evolving yourself. I'd love to hear something about the, na the naivete that you found you were displaying uh, in the assessment period of the study. So 
I think out of the entire study, the assessment period was was the hardest. And you did brace me for that. You were you did say that, you know, the assessment section is going to be is going to be hard. I'm an optimist by heart. I tend to look at things a little bit more rosier. And if they don't work that way, I I, I, I will make it work that way. But the that naive that the, the way that I was looking at things was more from an ego driven uh, lens necessarily, as opposed to just kind of saying, here's where it's at. And here's, here's where um, my preconceived notions have taken me. So how do I strip that and start thinking like an ambitious adult um, and, and, and redirecting that center of thinking, but not in a lens of, oh, wow, I'm, I'm failing everywhere um, because sometimes the assessment can make you feel that way. More from a lens of here are three challenges I have and here's the path I'm going to take to make that work. And the rest of the course really helped me build those practices. Um, everything from when we did our, our specialized knowledge, even because I took that from a very work um, oriented lens, all the way down to, do I have an abundance of resources, which was a really big part of um, my study on, on building those. Um, and, then, and then making sure that the metrics I have in place were aligned to what I was actually looking for at the end, um, as opposed to, yes, I conquered that challenge. That's great. But did it actually fulfill what I was looking for? Do I feel better at the end of it? Yeah. And you, you talked a little bit about what you were just saying with the, the concept that, you know, you, you, I thought you were a performer and then you started to realize, oh no, wait, I, I'm more inventor than we may have thought at the beginning. So it seems like there were some really big altering, you know, views that you had. Um, I'd like to hear more about kind of that shift from, you know, figuring out, hey, I'm kind of a performer leaning inventor somewhere in that quadrant. What is that like for someone who, you know, probably takes a standardized test and is like regularly scoring performer? I'd love to hear about that uh, investigation in your own world. Um, so the, I think it was partway through the the program where I had, I had started to look at why I do certain things, not just necessarily just building the practice for it. And um, when I actually had gone back to the assessment sometime in just over halfway through when you and I had that performer and mentor discussion, and I realized that the, a lot of the reasons why I do something isn't because I'm a performer, it's because I'm an inventor, but I, I, I know how to um, get through a conversation with people a little bit better than maybe the average inventor from work, from life, you know, everything like that. So I, I flexed a lot of the performer qualities, but where, where I feel at home is very inventor. Um, and I, that was, that was kind of a big shift for me. I was like, well, this is the part, this is the area that I love doing. And this is the area that I do. I enjoy doing it, but I do it because I know I need to move people down a direction as a leader. And those are the, those are the skills that I've just learned to adapt into my everyday life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And and I think it's it's also really valuable because you start to notice tendencies that maybe they don't they don't come up for you quite as often as the performer sometimes may have assets or liabilities that you're like that's not a problem for me. But then when you look at the inventor assets and liabilities and realize, "Hey, I need to focus a little bit more on these areas." It to me that's a real freeing feeling. And I think it brings us back to what you were just saying, the importance of clarity and focus. Many times it, it may be that, you know, sometimes it's really concentration. We don't have, we have too much on our Petri dish. There's too much going on and we need to remove the diluting elements and then bring it into view. 
Can you tell me a little bit more about what you found when you were basically getting that clarity and focus? What were some of the things that helped you realize, hey, you were spreading your efforts all over the place and it was time to really just dial into where your you know best qualities were? Yeah, I think that part's uh, a, still always a bit of work in progress. And it came from a, a place of curiosity for me. I had found that anytime I had set... Um, uh, a specific goal. I may have reached that goal, but I, I could have probably actually done even further. Um, so even though I felt great that I, I reached that goal, I realized I may have actually, you know, sold, sold myself a little too short um, because I knew that I was probably going to diversify my efforts in other places. And and rather than actually just making the goal what the goal needs to be, I, I lowered the goal um, in the in the past and said, oh well, I think this is this is a reasonable amount. Um, and by, by understanding because I had conditioned myself to do that by understanding why I was conditioning myself to do that and saying, well, I do that because I like going back down into other, other things that, that spark my curiosity rather than just having the concentration and the discipline to follow something through to the end and give it all of, all of, um, all of my effort. So before I was very much a, here's the list of things that I want to explore. And then I would start crossing them off almost as if they were checklists. Now I kind of rank them. I say only the top three things will actually get my attention. And sometimes my lists are 10, 12 things long. Um, and they build up over the course of, of a year, a month, sometimes even a week. And I only focus on, I only have time for three other things. Uh, everything else gets the other 80% of my attention is focused on X, Y, and Z. The 20% is where my curiosity can kind of reign. Mm, that's really good. And I've, I've got a question that's a little bit more on, on inventor and performer. The idea that inventors oftentimes, uh, their infinity loops, uh, they skip a lot of the peopling um, when it comes to kind of how they move. They go to assess a thing, invent a thing, and then rather than go and invite people, they start looking at measures and then kind of, you know, reconstruct, deconstruct what they're doing. And they sort of go in this loop, leaving out any feedback and leaving out any peopling. The performer, on the other hand, starts with that invitation, goes into a presentation to beelines it at contracts and makes their own story and assesses why this thing isn't working out or why it is working out or builds a story as a fact and then kind of goes back and they start to do these loops. Are one of those more real for you than the other or one of them a bigger problem for you? Um, so out of out of all the temperaments and, and kind of the flows of the transaction, producer is my least, least uh, uh, flexed skill, so to speak. Um, so I, I have a tendency... And this is why I think I'm I'm kind of still a little bit of a balance. I have a tendency to write out what I want to happen and then hand it off to the appropriate people that have the have the producer qualities to get that through. And then because of my my data background, I can do the assessment a little bit more. But I I, I tend to uh, I tend to kind of balance the two. It's it's the producer area that I still have gaps in. Um, and unintentionally and somewhat intentionally, I, I've picked people in my operations team that are very, very strong producers now that I see it in, in, in the light of where I, where I am, because I, I inherently knew that if I wanted to accomplish something, I had to have somebody that's great at activity and work and labor throughout those. Um, 
so I, I sometimes feel like, I think it depends on the project, but um, I think the majority of the time I tend to be more, more of an inventor where I, where I, I vision what the steps would be. I just don't necessarily want to do it. <laughs> so that's where I, I, fall, I get that. And I, I hear that. And I'll, I'll ask this question as a follow-up because I, I believe you have a staff that's pretty, pretty large staff. And I'd love to hear, did your hiring change after you started doing the fundamentals of transaction? Was there a big shift in what you were looking for and the qualities of the people for positions that you were looking to fill? Um, a little bit. I, I would say we, we don't, uh, the thing that we introduced was more of the, do I have a well-rounded staff in sense of, do I have at least one inventor, a performer yeah. that can guide people, a, a producer and a judge? Um, uh, do I have a well-balanced environment versus uh, that's something that we looked at because we tend to do what we call kaleidoscopes. Anytime we take on a project, kaleidoscope yeah. is a cluster of butterflies. So everybody gets, gets a flutter and, and, and that's what we really try to assess. And we're actually going to go through a reorg at the beginning of the year. And, and part of that is filling in some of those gaps and, and making sure that every group has at least one independent body of each. Uh, you learn something every day. So if you are watching Jeopardy tonight and they ask you, what is a group of butterflies kaleidoscope is the answer. Make sure that you put it in the form of a question. Now let's talk about what life is like now. Um, it seems like you're now a lot more focused uh, from kind of just your answers already, but tell me a little bit about what life is like now that you've completed the fundamentals of transaction program. So I, I definitely feel more holistic in, 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 and purposeful in the things that I do. Um, uh, I've, I've really focused more on not just the health part of my life, but working through the other conditions of life, like relationships and, um, and even things like spirituality and faith. Those are areas that I've exploring as, as you know, I'm in map right now. And, and, um, my, my metric for health for, uh, for, for health is actually part of the spirituality side is, is documenting and getting an idea of how I feel every day to make sure that that purposefulness doesn't go away. And I'm measuring that through uh, a sentiment analysis um, for a few times a week, just to make sure that I, I do a reality check with myself every um, and say, am I, am I uh, looking at, at things through potentially rose colored glasses or do I actually see it? And I think the best way to do that is to document. Yeah, I, I accept and I agree. Now, tell me, you, you said it's more holistic. Tell me what that means. It's it's more balanced. It's more you're thinking on topics that you weren't before. Tell me a little bit more about what that's like. It's more um, balanced in the sense that the the attention I was giving to my work life is is not hindering the other parts of the other conditions of my life. So, career, um, income, and and. My, my business don't necessarily counteract the others. I, I found a better balance to blend the two. Um, you know, now when I, when I go, when I go to Los Angeles for a conference, I, I see people I, I want to see as opposed to just saying, I'm going to go in and out and, and kind of call it a day. That's a, that's a big one because I'm very much a people person. Um, and that's, that's a lot of the performer qualities I have. I need to connect and, and, uh, 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 experience, have more of the human bonding experience. Um, so th those are part of it. Um, but, you know, just reinvigorating myself into even my faith, um, which was um, a, a big part of, of this year. 
um, that that kind of helped me ground myself and say these are these are the things that I really care about, so they deserve the attention that um, that I wanted to have to continue building that purpose. Yeah, it's, I think that's so it's so good and it's so valuable. And um, to me, it's it's fun to hear these kind of stories because you hear so often like how what what people did and how how it improved and what those things are and it's not ever the same i mean it, it can be similar but it's not ever the same because of the different aims that we have for different conditions of life you you also said this life now looks more purposeful and fulfilling i've overcome the naivete and ego-driven tendencies that may have held me back in the past now that is a pretty bold sentence which i'm totally okay with but I am going to challenge you a little bit because I want to know what what you did, what that looks like. Tell me in in more words, what is that? How did you do that? So the the assessment period was really a key part to that process and saying, um, and and I do this um, a few times a month now, and I kind of say, where was my activity and was it worth that activity? in the things that I care about. So when we did our um, uh, ethical statements, I look at those and then I look at my activity and I compare them. And I say, was that activity worth the equivalent of that of the ethical statement? And that's kind of how I measure it. It's the reason why I do the, the, the cataloging as well, but it just helps me say, where did my time go? And was it was it fulfilling for the things that I care about? What did it did it uh, fulfill the 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 animal uh, work that I would love to do? Did it accomplish this aspect that that's in my ethical statement? Um, and and Kim, uh, who's who who I talked to that you, you and I talked about, we had a uh, path to a hundred discussion a few months ago that we're going to recap on for 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 um, health as a whole. But those are the areas that I really take an assessment on is where's my time going and is it meeting the ethical statements in the way that I've committed myself to? And that's been the balance. And, and, and that's how I, I kind of remove the ego driven tendencies to say, is that legitimate? Or can I, can I actually just pull a report because my day lives on a calendar and just say, here's where you spent your time realistically. And was it worth it? Is, are you, do you feel more present in conversation or in your day to day? I do. I feel more um, connected to the conversations. I think in the past I was I was very much on the go, which is wonderful if you're if you if you're in that mode and, and you're um, going through it. But can, for me, it can only go so far. And I wouldn't have been able to do this evolve year. I wouldn't be able to you know be ready to, for a reorg next year on all the ecologies that our organization is is, is starting to support. If I didn't take this year, now don't get me wrong, this year was challenging. <laughs> um, it was hard, but I I knew that it had to be hard, and I was prepared for it to be difficult. And that's uh, and guiding myself through FOT really helped, and um, and now my cohort in MAP is is helping me through the next phase. That's so good. And for those of you that aren't familiar, MAP is also mechanics and practice, the second of our three. Uh, programs that we do in our four-year curriculum. We have Fundamentals of Transaction, Mechanics and Practice, and Mechanics and Practice 2. And I really love this through line that you've come up with. And, and this is what you wrote. Evolving, despite its challenges, has been essential. And I'm now approaching the transformation I've been striving for. 
Tell me a bit about why evolving, and I mean, in, in fact, the, the episode is called Evolving is Essential. Why is evolving essential for someone like you who owns a business? I mean, it pretty much seems like you've got it going. Why do you feel the need to continue to evolve? I think um, evolving is essential because if you don't evolve, you'll people, things that don't evolve tend to be obsolete after a while. Um, so part of that could be, you know, my upbringing, I, I come from a country that no longer exists. So that that's, that's also a portion of it. Um, but part of it was always this constant strive of, uh, thinking about how the wheel is invented and how do we make that better? Um, um, I, I'm, I, I'm not a huge proponent of something. If something isn't broke, don't go fix it. Um, because something could be broke if you if you're looking at it from the wrong lens, um, and and you just aren't seeing it. So for for me personally, it's it's a it's essential because there we've seen many many businesses that refuse to evolve um, and and don't exist anymore. So part of it's that, but the other part is is making sure that transformation is is. Um, is continuous because buyer behavior is changing, businesses are changing. You know, four years ago, if someone said, "Hey, by the way, did you know that more people would want to work from home than they ever have?" <laughs> Who would believe you? Um, nobody. Um, but that's part of it. Is is just kind of making sure that you're aware of your surroundings and aware of the current and and how things are going and and finding your niche. And and sometimes finding your niche requires you to assess and reassess and it's never a it's never a it's it's never a sprint it's kind of more of a continuous journey for me yeah it's got something like sit crawl walk run don't run um <laughs> like and that's how I've, I've looked at it um one last question that i've got for you because you reminded me during it and i remember that conversation all of a sudden so clearly we had a serious conversation because you were behind on your modules and i was like elsa what are you doing and it was something about perfectionism, getting it right versus getting it in on time. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear from your perspective what you learned from that conversation, from that talk. Uh, I, I'd love to kind of hear a little bit more from, from your perspective as to what that was like for you. So the, the conversation kind of came from the fact that um, from, from, from my past, it's always been that if something is better, even though if it's late, it's, it's, it's still a better thing because the end product is more important than the delivery time. Mm -hmm. And what I've, what I've learned, especially as going through this year, um, is just starting and, and, and submitting something, even if it's not perfect, um, actually gets you farther because then you can continue to iterate and, and say, oh, I didn't like that. So the next one's going to even be better. Um, this is where the inventor part of me, it's where the area I started to kind of analyze. Am I really more of an inventor? Because I want to hold something really close to my chest until I think it's perfect, as opposed to just kind of saying, here it is, guys. What do you think? Um, and and being vulnerable to that, that was a big part of, of the transition saying, this is what I got um, within within the time I was allotted. I, I love that so much. And that just, it just makes me so excited because I remember that being such a big part of your fundamentals of transaction program. Now, this part of the show, we like to flip the script and, and switch seats for a second. And I want you to teach me something through your expertise 
uh, about transactional competence, about kind of your world. Tell me a little bit about your specialized knowledge um, and, and teach me something. Yeah. So um, our, our organization specialized knowledge, my specialized knowledge really goes into how perception is formed on a, on a mass scale. Um, and that could be everything from you walking into a store and, and smelling something and not realizing that you smell something. And now all of a sudden you have a weird memory and you're wondering where that memory came from. Um, because we know 78% of memories are triggered by scent. Um, uh, or, or kind of some sediment that you feel if you hear a certain song, all of those nuances are what we call our framework is called the butterfly effect. And it's literally in that aspect of, we know that if a, if a butterfly flips its wings, there might be, you know, some kind of natural disasters on the other side of the world. Those intentional micro touch points make actually a massive impact on perception. And we see the sensitivity and buyer behavior more and more and more every single day. Um, even from a PR perspective, when we saw September kind of be a big PR where celebrities got in trouble, all these other aspects, those micro uh, impacts, they're like, oh, who cares? That's not going to impact our brand. They actually will because it's those little um, emotional capitals that you're building, whether it be negative capital or positive capital, everything is going to speak. And that's that's the realm that we play in. Wow. That's, it's good too, because it goes back to you're always transacting. And that's fundamentally our mantra here at Influential You. Fundamentally our mantra, it is our mantra. All right. Now there's one special thing that we're going to do before it gets too dark in Chicago for you to even be seen on screen. <laughs> and thank you so much for doing this so late in your world. Yeah. You are from Albania. Is I that am. my thing? And and so you speak a few languages, and 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 we've had a special thing on our podcast before where we've asked our guests to speak another language and tell people that they need to study at Influential U. And you offered to do it in Albanian. Would would you still be willing to do that? Yeah, sure, I can do All it. Right. Go yeah. ahead, let's do it. Um, so I, I'm from Kosovo, so my dialect's a little bit different, um, but. Um, per kollegat e njerëzit që kanë qefën me mëmsue, që me, me rritën vetën ma shumë, me, me, me ditën ka, ka pohetën biznisi e, e sielet e, e biznisëv, që kjo program është në shumë, shumë intelektuala. Nuk, nuk ka e mundësi qëtër që unë e këmë pasën për qëtë program me rritën biznisin tam. E, si tjene interesume, kontaktonaj. You want to give us a, a little hint of what you said, or should we just be? Um, I mostly <laughs> focused on probably my my Albanian colleagues that are also on LinkedIn um, who are interested in kind of evolving their business because I know this is a very business oriented environment. Um, you know, for those that are looking to, you know, increase their confidence in business and understand how transactions operate, this would be a really helpful program for them. Well, I can't argue with that. And in fact, I might even backsell it again. So Elza Malik, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I love studying with you. In fact, I needed to tell you this before. It's about time for us to catch up. So if you get on my calendar, that'd mean a lot to me. Yeah, we'll do. Uh, good. All right. Very good. Thank you, Elza. We really appreciate having you on the show today. I had a great time. Thanks for the invite. Of course. Now, if you at home would like to know more about us, you can go to influentialu.global and explore our courses, 
consulting and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those that are seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're brand new to Influential You, we recommend that you start with Thrive, our self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster. Your membership also includes chat access to faculty plus discounts to our transformative conferences where you can meet Elza Malik. Sign up today and use promo code 30days. That's 30days for a free 30-day test drive of Influential Use Thrive program. Once again, that code 30days, 30days, and you may cancel at any time. Thank you so much for listening today. We stream our podcast at 2 p.m. Pacific on our website, Facebook, LinkedIn and YouTube, so you can easily share this episode with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or any place that you get quality podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads that we may have talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the influential you staff, faculty, and members all around the world with a special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, our in-studio producer, Michael Teehee, and contributions from John Patterson, Joey Anderley, Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and Liz Smiley, with a special thanks to our guest, Elza Malik. And you can connect with her with a link in the show notes. The Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California. And this episode was recorded on November 28th, 2023. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring entitled Fast Train to Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app and let us know what you think. Like how I said it was November 28th and it's really November 29th. Your feedback means a lot to us and this helps us more than you know. We'll see you next time on the Influential You podcast. Thank you.